on everybody hello again and welcome back to another episode of the watch report with me Jean-Luc Welch make some noise clap it up get excited wherever you are we are back with another episode delving into the world of boxing that's what we got a jam-packed episode for you today talking about Canelo Alvarez versus Jamal Charlo for the undisputed super middleweight title on September 30th oh who's gonna win does Charlo even have a shot and if so what does he need to capitalize on it what does Canelo need to do to take hold of this fight and actively retain his championship. Also, we're going to talk about Big Bang Jang versus Joe Joyce in the rematch that happened early of their fight, excuse me, earlier this year that happened in an upset win for Big Bang Jang in, in stopping TKOing Joe Joyce. Who is going to win that rematch? What needs to be done? All of that's going to be talked about right here on this show. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Oh, thank you so much for get, making this show your abode. Absolutely. Before we even get started, real quick, leave a like on the video. Comment your thoughts and opinions. Subscribe to the channel and share the show with everybody. That You know so we can build up this empire together and get to the goal of 500 subscribers and then to 1,000. All just the building blocks of making a great community is all on you all helping me make this dream possible absolutely but without further ado let's forget all the niceties and all that stuff you're here for content and i'm here to give it to you so let's talk about the biggest fight of this month and it's a boxing dedicated episode you know that means it's time to step into the ring that's right let's get it started ring the bell it's time to fight Round one underway, and we got to talk about the matchup with Jamel Chala versus Canelo Alvarez for the undisputed super middleweight title. That's right, in a fight that many people were, were that hit people upside the head, be perfectly honest, wasn't expecting. Jermel Charlo, 35-1-119 KOs, also the now undisputed super welterweight champion. Of course, that will get stripped the second he gets announced as undisputed super welterweight champion in the ring when he fights Canelo. But for now, it's undisputed versus undisputed. But him winning this fight would be the biggest accomplishment of his career, fighting and beating potentially currently the most known recognizable name in boxing today and in sports as a whole in Canelo Alvarez. This will be a huge stepping stone for Jamel Charlo in bolstering his name into one of the greatest of this generation. Already phenomenal. Already should be considered a top 10 from pound for pound, excuse me, boxer with him being an undisputed champion at 154 at Super Welterweight. But that is what's, that's one, one of the things that's at stake for this fight in terms of the whole context of the uh, severity and just grandiose nature of everything that this fight entails as well as not only with him beating will him beating Canelo be something momentous but also this will see a potential fight between him and Terrence Crawford later on next year for the undisputed super middleweight title if in fact he is the one to beat him and regardless of if he is or is not the winner of this fight point blank period most likely will be fighting Terrence Crawford for the undisputed super middleweight title come next year and Charlotte right now is in a firm position to after talking all that smack to Terrence Crawford at ringside after all the hullabaloo of that beatdown that was Terrence Crawford over Errol Spence Jr. now this will be an opportunity for him to have his crack at Terrence Crawford and stop him from becoming a, the first ever three-time undisputed champion in three different divisions. Never happened before. He can potentially stop history and make his own history as being one of the greatest of a generation. And it starts with this fight versus Canelo. So that is what the context of this fight is. Oh, it's phenomenal. Oh, it's incredible. This is, a again, a big-name fighter versus a big-name, or excuse me, not a big-name fighter, the biggest-name fighter in Canelo Alvarez versus a big-name fighter in Jermel Charlo. This is a fight that I've been excited to see. I wasn't expecting it to happen. Neither, neither were a bunch of other people, but this is now a reality. And what will this reality entail for the future? Well, it depends on who's the winner of this fight and who actively takes the crown of the Undisputed Super Middleweight title. So, now that we got the context out the way, now let's talk about the tail of the tape between these two boxers in the start of our breakdown of this fight and who is the bigger man. And this question is a really 
it's, it's not confusing, but it is more layered than many people may expect because Charlo is, in fact, the bigger guy in terms of height and length. He is taller, about two inches taller than Canelo and longer, two inches longer than Canelo in terms of his reach, 73 inches to 71 inches in favor of Canelo Alvarez. So he's got the physical attributes to be able to say, yes, I am the bigger man. However, Ever in reality, it is Canelo who is the bigger man in this fight because of the fact that one Canelo's fought at 168 much longer than Jamel Charlo. Again, this is being Jamel Charlo's first crack at this weight class ever, moving up from 154 to 168, a 14-pound difference. So Canelo's got him beat there as well as overall power and that's going to be the biggest problem for charlo and one of the biggest concerns in this fight is the out and out power that canelo has coupled with again the being the bigger man naturally in weight with this fight being at 168 this is a power that charlo is not used to this is a power that charlo has not never even attempted nor has even experienced in his career in a professional setting inside the ring this is a situation where we could see charlo legitimately succumb to just the outright pop that comes with fighting at 168 especially going up against one of the most powerful punchers in the division in canelo alvarez and again i brought this up with other fighters in the past when they move up in weight i've criticized it when it was roy jones jr doing it because again could he withstand the power as well as how would his body be able to react and still hold on to everything that he was good at when he moved up to the weight class and heavyweight. And then when he moved back down, well, you saw exactly what happened. I did the same thing with Noria in a way. When he moved up to fight Stephen Fulton, would he be able to fight and beat an opponent who, even though all his skill set may say he's absolutely better, will he be able to take the power of Stephen Fulton, even though Fulton isn't necessarily a great power puncher in the slightest? He is still a big guy, and he's never fought somebody with the power at 122 maybe that weight will hold differently when you actually get hit by it. and even not big punchers can't have big pop when you aren't used to that level of weight before and that's the same thing i had to say when it comes to jamel charlo moving up 14 pounds to fight canelo alvarez this is a real concern whether or not his chin and body will be able to hold up to the outright power and outright force that we're going to see canelo put on him when they step into doing again i'm not saying it's end all be all but i am saying it's a real concern but beyond that now going into the rest of the breakdown moving on from the tail of the tape another big concern with Jamil charlo is the fact that he Hasn't fought in a while. This brother's been out the ring for two years. He ain't fought since 2021. Now, granted, it's because of mental health issues, and I'm glad everything is good now. I'm glad everything is okay. I'm glad he's back in high spirits. I'm glad he's back to being the Jamel Charlo that we all know and love. And he is able and fit within himself and by his team to be able to get back into the ring. Absolutely. No problem with that. We applaud that. No issue at all with that reason but even though we don't have a problem with the reason we have a problem with the layoff that is still a concern with them being out two years of the ring excuse me with them being out of the ring two years what will this mean for his actual ability will we see ring rust be apparent on jamel charlo when he steps into the ring against canelo alvarez it's going to be a situation where we won't see the same charlo that we are expecting all because he hasn't gotten used to the work rate and just the outright feeling of being in a big time setting, in a prime time setting, being in the ring against a game opponent and having to, again, work out kinks as the fight goes on. That could be incredibly detrimental. That could be the very reason why we see this fight in early if it does end with Canelo winning because of the fact that we could see Charlo not in the same state that we saw him in when he last fought against Castaño in their rematch. This is what this is the reality of the, of the fight game. When you aren't in the ring for a while, it can lead to either A, great things because you've retooled, regrouped, and gotten better, or B, terrible things because now you're not used to the ring at all and you lose something of yourself and now you got to work to gain that aspect of your fighting ability back. And if you got to work with that or you got to work that out while you're in the ring, I guess, again, one of the best in the world in the face of boxing right now in Canelo Alvarez, that's a problem. 
That's a real problem that we have to look out for. This isn't jumping on Charlo. This isn't just giving out or trying to give any situation as to why, oh, he ain't ready for it. No, 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 no. He is ready. Again, I think he is better than his brother. I think he's the better of the two Charlos. And again, he is undisputed at junior, at super welterweight for a reason. But with that being said, still, with him not being in the ring for two years, with him not getting any semblance of active action, actively getting into the high stakes of the fight, into the thick of it. Because as we all know, training and in-ring is a completely different ball game. You can prepare all you want. It's a completely different ball game when you step through those ropes and it's time to actively fight when your record's on the line, undefeated or not. It's a different atmosphere. It's a different feeling. It's a different vibe all around. And your body either can be like, okay, I'm ready, or it can falter when that setting comes into fruition. And because that's the case, we need to look at Jamal Charlo and say, is there going to be a semblance of getting back in rhythm of what I know I can do when you step into the ring with Canelo Alvarez? That is a real concern. It's a real concern. It's a real concern. It's not something that we're blowing out of proportion. This is a reality. We could see a situation where Jamel Charlo isn't the Jamel Charlo that we know. The Iron Man himself no longer is iron. His iron is rusted. That is a fear that I see for this fight. And I hope it doesn't come to fruition. But it's a reality we have to look to and say this may be possible. But barring that, I don't think that's going to be an issue. I don't think that's going to be a problem. I think we're going to see the Jamel Charlo that we expect to see, which is the Jamel Charlo that is an Iron Man, great stamina, is going to come at you, and this brother now is fully prepared within himself and within his team to say, I can take on the bigger challenge. So it is a concern. Even though I'm not concerned about it, it is something that I will have my eye on. And it's all in all a real possibility that we can see happening in this fight. But now with that out the way, how is it that we could see Jamel Charlo win? Does he even have a shot at winning against Canelo Alvarez? And with that being said, the answer to if Jamel Charlo has a shot at winning this fight is absolutely yes. Oh, yes, he can. Oh, yes, he can. Even being the smaller opponent, even being, again, the guy from 154 moving at the 160. Yes, he is. He can absolutely be the man to beat Canelo Alvarez and join the ranks of Bevo and Floyd Mayweather and bolster his name into the ethos of boxing even further than what it is right now and secure his spot potentially at fighting Canelo, not, not Canelo Alvarez, excuse me, secure his spot at fighting Terrence Crawford for the undisputed super middleweight title with him retaining later on next year, if that, in fact, is the trajectory that this fight is going to have once it's all said and done. So, absolutely, he can win. But how can he win? Well, there's a couple of ways that he can do it. One of the ways that he can win is the fact that he uses length and reach to work Canelo like Bevo did when he fought against him. Again, being the longer and taller opponent has its advantages against a shorter fighter. It gives you the leeway to be able to say, I can stand and be able to punch without getting hit if I understand distance like I need to. You can make it so that you can use your length and reach to throw combinations from afar and have Canelo have to work his way on the inside and damage him to that point. Again, using volume and using great distance control to overwhelm Canelo and make it so that he can't get his own offense off because he's too busy trying to work on the end or trying to work his way into the inside. But with that being the case, you're constantly getting peppered with shots. They may not hurt because I don't think Charlo's going to be able to hurt Canelo. But it could be a situation where it's, it's enough, just like with B-Roll against Canelo, to dissuade him. Now, granted, Bebo has more power than Charlo. Absolutely not. Absolutely, that's the case. Again, Canelo was moving up to fight Bevo at light heavyweight. Again, Bevo was one of the best boxers in the world. Nobody knew a hoot about him, though. And that volume coupled with the power, coupled with the speed, coupled with the distance control, all were the reasons why Bevo had so much success with. So I'm not saying Charlo can absolutely replicate that to a T because he lacks the power necessary to get Canelo off of him in my estimation, but that doesn't mean that it's not possible. That doesn't mean it's not possible. 
And absolutely, that can be a situation where we see him be able to control Canelo from distance, control him from range, using his jab because he does a very good jab and utilizing the right hand and left hook when Canelo tries to get on the inside to catch him when Canelo tries to step in. And then also, if he's trying to escape, let's say Canelo gets him in the corner, what can he do? Throw that left hook and get out of dodge and circle back into the middle of the ring and do the dance all over again. Absolutely, that's possible because there is a blueprint to beating Canelo. Again, Floyd Mayweather did it, but most people ain't Floyd Mayweather. If anybody in this generation is Floyd Mayweather. So no, that probably isn't feasible, but the way that Bevo did it is absolutely possible. But another way that he can beat it is the fact that his hand speed is faster. Mind you, I mentioned the fact that throwing in volume can beat Canelo Alvarez, but what? I said was, I don't think Charlo has the power to be able to do that and just use his power and volume to dissuade Canelo from doing what he wants to do and getting on the inside as Bevo did. But it is the speed that Charlo brings to the table that can make up for that lack of power that can still control the fight and dictate this way, this fight into a win on his behalf. Because with Charlo moving up, from 154 to 168 is a situation where he is the faster fighter. His hand speed is faster than Canelo's. Yes, it is. Canelo has great hand speed. Don't get me wrong, but it's not blazing. And again, I'm not saying Charlo has like Uber. I'm not saying Charlo has a Amir Khan levels hand speed, but it is indeed definitively faster than. Canelo Alvarez. That is the absolute truth. And because that's the case, he has the ability to be able to punch before Canelo can react. That is an all in all possibility that we could see Charlo implement in this fight. With him being able to be the faster fighter, he can get off first with his punches and also potentially retreat quicker than Canelo's able to actively catch it. And we've seen Canelo struggle with fighters who are faster than them. Again, you go off to Amir Khan, even though, yes, we know he knocked him out, it was still, hey, that speed gave Canelo something to have to work around and something to legitimately struggle with. Floyd Mayweather, way, way, way back way earlier in his career, yes, we know he evolved, but even still, it was a blueprint that we saw both true Constantly throughout his career, tougher, slicker, quick fighters give Canelo trouble. And I'm not saying Jamel Charlo is a slick fighter, but I am saying he is a quick fighter in terms of his hand speed. It is, like I said, indeed faster than Canelo. So we could see him use that hand speed on Canelo Alvarez to get him potentially in trouble. We could see him, in terms of Charlo, utilize his hand speed to be able to always attack first, get out of dodge before Canelo can react, and do that dance all night long and be able to land combinations at a blazing speed to overwhelm Canelo Alvarez. That could be a tactic that we see, and that could be a way that we could see him get to a victory via decision. And on top of that, one of the biggest things that we see that Charlo can do to actively win is the fact that his ability to have timing on his punches. Yes, we've talked about timing before with people like Terrence Crawford. And again, it's his instincts and timing are second to none. He, it is the best in the world, at my, in my humble opinion, as well as Terrence Crawford being the best boxer outright in the world, in my opinion. But... Even with that being said, Charlo in and of himself does have a gifted ability to time his opponents and throw always at the right moment when he sees an opening and connect with the correct punch in the correct situation. Again, it's not two. It's nowhere close to Terrence Crawford's level, but it is at a level that is elite. That is undoubtedly so. Sean Porter's talked about it. Many other boxers have talked about it as a gifted ability that we see Charlo utilize throughout his career and that can be a situation that we can see him take advantage of Canelo when he throws his slugging shots we know how Canelo's been fighting over these past couple fights and over the over the um progression of his career as he's gotten older it's gone from combination punching to one shot power shots especially as he's moved up and now it's super middleweight one shot power shots overwhelming his, his opponents with again bludgeoning body shots, head hunting, you know, really forceful hooks and uppercuts, all this stuff, but it's all at one at a time. And that can be counteracted by somebody throwing not only at speed and at volume, but with the timing of somebody like a Charlo, he could potentially counter Canelo when he tries to come in and throw those big, looping, powerful shots. 
and catch him consistently, and that could potentially lead to, hey, he may be able to put him in trouble. But Jean-Luc, you say, how can he actively hurt Canelo if he doesn't have any power, even if he's timing him? How is he going to be able to hurt him if he doesn't have anything behind his punch? Well, that was before he got with training with Derrick James. Now that he's been training with Derrick James, now the pop is actually substantial. It's not world-beating, but it is legitimate now. One of the gripes with Charlo was the fact that he wasn't known as a major puncher. Again, with the record of 35 wins and 19 wins of those being KOs, it wasn't that, oh, man, this brother is just clobbering through every single brother he even touches. They're just going to go down and out. Nah, this was a situation where, okay, he's got decent power, but it was nothing to write home about. It wasn't nothing incredible. It wasn't nothing substantial. Now, however, with all of those things I just said, with the speed, with the ability to time Kendall if he tries to come in with those big one-hand power shots and those big one-hitter quitters that we've seen Canelo do. Now, all of that being said, on top of now having better punching technique and better power behind his shots, we can now see Jamel Charlo utilize everything, all of that in combination, the speed, the timing, and the power to be able to say, if I catch you right, Canelo, there is a legitimate chance that now I can hurt you. Now I can get you to respect me and that's one of the biggest things that comes down to Jamal Charlo can he get Canelo Alvarez to respect him can he get Canelo Alvarez to respect his power not just his boxing ability but the outright ability to land and affect Canelo because if that doesn't happen we're gonna see Canelo walk forward all night long like he's been doing but if he can get Canelo to actively respect, oh, this brother's got some pop to him, it gives his chances of winning a much higher likelihood because now it won't be Canelo like he, Canelo did against John Ryder, like Callum Smith, and like other boxers that we've seen Canelo face. It's a situation where if you can get him to actively not just be able to walk through what you're trying to do and just come forward with this guard or just because, oh, you can't phase me at all, but actively get him to react, Oh, that makes your chances of winning against Kendo exceptionally higher. Exceptionally higher. But with that being said, that is how we can see Charlo actively beat Canelo Alvarez. And if I was to pick him winning, it would be by decision, most likely. Split decision, because I think it's going to be a close fight. But that's how I could see him doing it. I don't see him being able to knock him out, even with the newfound ability to punch with purpose that he found with Derrick James. I don't think he's going to be able to knock him out. But being able to outpoint Canelo with this volume, with this speed, and with this Iron Man mentality, Absolutely, it is a possibility that we could see it, that we could see happening and come to fruition. And if I was going to pick it, it would be Jamel Charlo by decision. But that's who can, that's how he can win. But who I think will win is going to be Canelo Alvarez. That's my pick for winning this fight. And the reason being is because of the fact that we don't know if Charlo can handle his power. Like we said earlier at the top of this show, with him moving up from 154 to 168, the power's just different. It's a different level of scale, against, especially against somebody who's got about, what, almost 60 fights and nearly 40 KOs. Yeah, this brother's a heavy hitter. And again, this is a brother who knocked out Sergio Kovalev. This is a brother who has gone toe-to-toe with Gennady Golovkin, Golovkin excuse me, and actively made Triple G react to his punches. And that's one of the biggest punchers that we've seen in the middleweight division, period. And one of the best chins that we've seen in the middleweight division in history, let alone just this era. That brother is something serious. And Canelo fought him three times and lived to tell the tale and won twice. So this is a real situation where his power, weight, and just overall larger frame than Jamel Charlo is going to be able to win him today as one of the, one of the bigger aspects as to why he will be able to win this fight. And again, when he actively does what we know Canelo's going to do, which is land body shots, which is attack the basement of Charlo, like Teddy Atlas always says, with him wanting to hit anything and everything to wear you down even if he doesn't land on you cleanly just to make it so that later on in the fight you won't be able to do anything because your body will be too beat up this is a situation where we don't know if charlo king would stand that level of power again that was one of the bigger concerns that i had at the top of the show and this is one of the bigger reasons why i have canelo winning this fight but also is because of the fact that he won't be able in terms of charlo 
I don't think he'll be able to make Canelo respect his power. I don't think Charlo has enough, even with training with Derrick James, to have the ability to make Canelo respect him and be able to make him actively say, oh, wait a minute, let me not just come full force and just guard up, come in, swing, swing, swing. Let me not do that. That is a tactic I think Canelo's going to actively be able to implement because of the fact that Charlo won't be able to get him to actively respect Oh, I can't just come forward and do whatever I want to do. Again, I could be wrong. We could see an absolute change, but until we, he actually shows it in the ring, I don't see it happening because at this point in time, especially with the two-year layoff, especially with him having potentially showing ring rust when he steps into that ring, all of that is too much for me to say, oh, man, I think Charlo's going to be able to actively make Canelo back up, let alone just make him hesitate. I don't think this is going to happen. This is not no disrespect to Charlo. I know what can happen, and I outlined why he can win if everything goes right for Charlo. But I don't think that's what's going to happen on fight night. And because of that, I don't think we're going to see Canelo actively respect Charlo with the, with the inability of Charlo up until this point to actively show he has power. Even though I say he's now got legitimate pop to him, which I still believe he's going to have to show Canelo that that pop is the substantial and that pop is real in order for Canelo to actively give him the level of respect necessary for Charlo to implement his full game plan in order to win this fight. And I don't think that's going to happen. And on top of that, Canelo Alvarez out and out has more skill is more adaptable, and is better well-rounded as a boxer than Charlo is. And Charlo's phenomenal, don't get me wrong. Again, he is, again, undisputed for a reason. He should be and is on, in my opinion, the pound-for-pound list for a reason. That title didn't just come just by happenstance. No, the brother's got legitimate talent, but that does not mean that he is better as a boxer than Canelo Alvarez. Canelo Alvarez has shown that he is smarter, he is more adaptable, he has better ring generalship, he is able to outthink opponents on a more consistent basis, he doesn't always have to go to slugfest, and has more dimensions to him as a boxer than we've seen Charlo's show in his career, as well as had as well as Canelo has had more experience and the experiences that he's had in that vast career spanning 15 years have been against people that are better than Jermel Charlo in my estimation. Again, he fought Floyd and then he fought at that point in time, a prime dominant Triple G who was the boogeyman of the entire division, let alone the entirety of boxing. He has gone into war with people with a wealth of knowledge, with a wealth of tactics and with a wealth of different looks and scenarios that Charlo hasn't experienced yet but Canelo has and because of that we can see that experience in the experience that he's gained from the past fighters and past champions in terms of Canelo's career that he's faced we can see that come to fruition and we can see that be something that Charlo may not be able to overcome because he may not be in he may not understand how to operate in certain situations unlike Canelo who has been in those situations and has come out on top and all of that is why I think Canelo's going to be able to win this fight but the biggest gripe despite everything that I said with Canelo winning all of that stuff I still think Canelo's going to win and I'm going to give you my prediction at the end of this but the reason why this fight is still so up in arms. It's because it's one tactic that is not tactic. Excuse me. There is one X factor that is far and away going to be the deciding factor for this fight. And that is going to be what well, actually two. One is power and weight. Can Charlo handle the, the power of Canelo? And two is stamina. And that's where the next round of this fight comes into play. That's where the biggest the deciding factor potentially for this fight. Stamina. Jamel Charlo is known as the Iron Man. The brothers got stamina for days. It's a workhorse. He can go 12 rounds, same output without any issue whatsoever. Even at this elevated weight class, I don't think it's going to be a problem for him when he steps into the ring. But with Canelo, it's a different story. We've seen Canelo get older. Even with him having a diminished level of boxing ability. It's still phenomenal. Don't get it twisted. And even now, I still think it's better. But the one gripe against him has always been his gas tank. We saw it go we saw it go down against Triple G in that trilogy fight. 
And we saw it against John Ryder when they fought against each other. And how the output wasn't able to be sustained as the fight went on. This is the real test for Canelo because he is going up against somebody who can, from round one to round 12, go as hard as he wants to and have no issue surviving. We could see a situation where we could see Jamel Charlo be able to overwhelm Canelo and get him tired so that in the later rounds, that same or even elevated volume that he chooses to put on Canelo actively starts chipping away and leading into a situation where, oh man, he's got control. And potentially, if he loses the early rounds, he wins the late rounds because of Canelo's gas tank that has gotten worse and worse and worse seemingly as his career has gone on. That's just a fact. We've said this about Canelo countless times on this very channel and on other channels we've seen it and on just a boxing pundits. We've seen it. Canelo's gas tank has been a real concern. We've seen him slow down. We've seen him slow his output and his overall boxing movement speed. We've seen it get lower and lower as the rounds get later and later. It's one of the biggest reasons why against Triple G in their third fight, it was Triple G coming back because Triple G all of a sudden amped up the pressure, put it on Canelo later in the fight, even though he lost the majority of the rounds, looking for a KO because he was trying to gas out Canelo and make it so that when he actively amplified his pressure, put his all into his punches and upped his volume, he would be able to get Canelo out of there because Canelo would then be tired as well as taking these bludgeoning shots. Oh, it's enough to put him on the canvas and potentially get the fight stopped or get a KO. That's what Triple G was going for. And while he didn't get the, the KO and he lost the fight, we saw, oh man, yo, this brother came to fight and he won those later rounds. Absolutely. Because Canelo was not stamina-oriented. Canelo didn't have the gas tank. He wasn't able to keep up with the pace when Triple G elevated himself, even though he was so dominant in terms of Canelo early on in that fight, for the majority of that fight. Triple G won those later rounds, absolutely. John Ryder was having success in the later rounds against Canelo when they fought, even though John Ryder got dominated for the majority of the fight. John Ryder bloodied Canelo. John Ryder put on a respectable performance when it was supposed to be just a whitewashing from Canelo in his hometown, in his home stadium, amongst his own people, in a kind of in, in a fight that was supposed to be giving back to his fans in Mexico. It was still an entertaining affair, no doubt about it. And he knocked him down multiple times, absolutely. But still, when the later rounds came, what happened? We saw Canelo Alvarez then get lacks we saw shots get through we saw that block get get chinks in the armor we saw vulnerability we saw we also saw it against bevo when the stamina wasn't able to be consistently what it needed to be and i gave it to because of the fact that he was fighting above his weight class at 175 against an opponent that was just so 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 much bigger That was my understanding of it. The volume that Bevo put on Canelo, plus him going up to 175, at this stage in his career was too much. Again, I know he fought Kovalev like heavyweight and won. Absolutely. But that was earlier in his career. His body was able to take that a little better. Now, nah, it wasn't. That's what I thought was the case when he fought up against Bevo when he went up to 175. But when he went back down, still those stamina issues were persistent and now those stamina issues are going up against an iron man literally nicknamed the iron man in jamel charlo who can go as hard as he wants to punch in volume all 12 rounds and not have any waning abilities unless the weight affects him in terms of charlo unless the weight affects him and his stamina which right now he's been looking phenomenal in training and just his overall body he looks like, oh, this is great for him. But unless we see the weight affect Charlo's stamina and make it so that he even he doesn't have the gas tank that we've seen Charlo have for all of his career, unless that happens, it could be a situation where we see Charlo actively be able to gas out Canelo in the later rounds. 
and use that volume coupled with the newfound power and his timing to be able to get Canelo out of there. Absolutely. That is absolutely a possibility. It's the realest possibility out of everything else we've talked about. Out of everything we've talked about, that's the realest possibility that can happen in this fight. Canelo can gas out. Canelo can wane. Canelo can succumb to stamina loss. Canelo can succumb to fatigue. And that's the prime time for Jamel Charlo to get in the work and the shots necessary, not just to win rounds in the later part of the fight, but to potentially put Canelo in real trouble and knock him out. I'm not saying it's likely. Again, I still don't think it's going to happen. But of everything that we've talked about before, that's the realest situation that we could see Charlo get into in order for him to take victory. And everything that we talked about earlier, that's the realest thing. And that could be the biggest downfall for Canelo. But all of that could be alleviated. If Canelo does two things, one, stamina, get that stamina up, and two, head movement. Like he did against Danny Jacobs, like he's done against Laura and other boxers in his career. Canelo at his best was able to utilize head movement. Not this walk down, guard up style. The ability to move his head, slip punches, and consistently get off angle and get off the center line of his opponent to slip and counter was what made him one of the most devastating boxers of this generation. Is what got him the moniker of being the pound for pound number one in the world at one point in time in his career. It's what got him to become the face of the sport. Head movement. If he is actively able to move his head, phenomenal. But when he doesn't, he's beatable. Especially against somebody like a Charlo. Who, unlike John Ryder, is actively refined and can throw in volume like John Ryder was trying to do, but have success. That is what Canelo is facing up against. And because of that, he can't fight the same way anymore. I've gotten, I've gotten on him for it multiple times. Canelo needs to utilize head movement. And if he doesn't, there is a substantial likelihood that we could see an upset. If everything that I said previously bodes true in terms of Canelo, uh, in terms of Charlo's game plan against Canelo, if all of that bodes true and Canelo doesn't move his head, we could see a legitimate situation where Charlo is a new undisputed super middleweight title. Or he wins the undisputed super middleweight championship and becomes the second two-time undisputed champion in two separate weight classes. Joining Terrence Crawford and just outright all in all joining Clarissa Shields. That's what's that could be a real reality if Canelo does not move his head. But if he does move his head, like we've been seeing in training videos, like we've been seeing with him in the gym, like we've been seeing from him when he's been training with Eddie Reynolds. So again, I've been saying, or if I hadn't said it before, I'll say it now. The training style of Eddie Reynoso's for Canelo Alvarez hasn't been good because he has seemingly taken away Canelo's best attribute, which is being able to be slick and hard to hit and being an aggressive counterpuncher by slipping punches. You did not even have to land on the body of his opponent to get them tired, make them miss while you're standing in front of him. That was one of Canelo's best traits and all of a sudden got ripped away. Who knows why? And I speculate it's because Eddie Reynoso's training and change in training style. But now, if what we see in these training videos are true, and we see Canelo utilizing head movement more, utilizing slipping in his defensive abilities, and which will inevitably lead into him utilizing that for offensive gains by countering, now, oh, Charlo has no shot. That's th Those are the two X factors. The main one being stamina. And the second one being if Canelo actively utilizes head movement in this fight. Because he can't walk down Charlo like he's been doing all these other fighters. Even if Charlo is a smaller man in this fight. In terms of a power and weight perspective. Even if that's the case. You can't do it. 
because you will get pieced up. And even if it doesn't affect you, it's points on points on points on points that can win Charlo rounds and potentially win him to fight outright. But again, I have Canelo Alvarez winning. And for my prediction, I got Canelo Alvarez winning by KO if it's not early in the third because if he catches him right and Charlo can't take it, oh, boom, boom, it's down and out. Or late in the 10th round after wearing and tearing on Charlo all fight long. Or by split decision. Again, because I think it's going to be a close fight. If it's not by KO in the third and or 10th round, by split decision at by the end of the fight. That's where I got winning. But again, that can very well not happen. And we could see Charlo get the upset and win. And it's predicated out of everything else I've said on two X factors. One being stamina, the most paramount one. And then if Canelo does not move his head, if Canelo is still walking forward and having that guard up, come forward mentality, even though I said that's what I think he's going to do in this fight. If he does indeed do that, as much as that can actively win him the fight, it can also absolutely lose him the fight. Because he will, again, get pieced up and can get beat off of points because somebody is just throwing everything they can and then getting out of the way. And then you can't adapt. Well, not adapt, but you can't. It's hard for you to adapt because you are the slower man in this fight. And again, like I said before, faster hand, faster speed fighters have given Canelo some trouble in the past. Not just, it ain't just been southpaws. It's been speedy southpaws. Speed is one of the biggest keys that can beat Canelo Alvarez. I'm not saying that, that, oh, he's just so vulnerable that anybody can do it. I'm saying it is a legitimate ability that has given him trouble. Speed on top of volume, on top of work rate, like Charlo's able to bring, with just a guard up, come forward mentality, you can absolutely lose if you're Canelo to Charlo. Absolutely. Even though you can also win that way. But if I'm coaching him, I hope he uses head movement to kingdom come. Slipping every punch, making Charlo tired by just moving, slipping, and dodging, getting out the way while being right in front of him. Make him waste all of that Iron Man stamina that he's got on him. And then utilize that to counter. If you're not going to throw in combination and volume like you used to do in the past, then use those slips to land those big one hitter haymakers that you love to throw if you're Kendall Alvarez. That's my perfect game plan. If I was to coach him. But again, only time will tell when he steps into the ring. I still think, even if he doesn't do that, I think he'll be able to win. I really do. However, even being favored, I'm not going to look over the glaring holes that can actively lose him this title against Jamel Charlo. It's absolutely possible. Absolutely possible. If his stamina doesn't hold up, and he doesn't utilize head movement and allows Charlo just to say, okay, I'm just coming forward. And if Charlo says, okay, even if you don't respect me, that's not going to stop me. And Charlo starts racking up points. We could see a situation where even if he's not hurt, he still gets beat because he was not able to combat the work rate of Charlo with enough significant shots of his own power-throwing style. That's what could happen. But again, I got Canelo winning in this fight via KO or split decision. KO in the third or the tenth, split decision outright by the end of the fight. That's what I got. But either way, I got Canelo winning. But it's going to be a good fight. My gosh, I can't wait to see this fight. It's going to be incredible on September 30th. But now, moving on to the last portion of this show, talking about... Big Bang Zhang versus Joe Joyce in a rematch of an upset win by Big Bang Zhang over Joe Joyce earlier this year. Oh, who is going to win this fight on September 23rd? I believe that's, that's this weekend, if I got my dates correctly. But, he, but regardless of which, 
Who exactly is going to win this fight? And how is this going to turn out? Well, in my humble estimation, I got Joe Joyce losing again to Big Bang Zhang. Again, we've, speak, we've spoken on this briefly on this show in past episodes. But I got Big Bang Zhang absolutely demolishing Joe Joyce again in this fight with the same tactic of utilizing the big left hand and just spamming that all night long because understand this if you didn't catch the first fight it's very simple first fight they can't they get into the ring stand in the middle of the square circle big bang jank throws left hand it lands big bang jank gets an idea and throws another left hand it lands and then after that big bang jank throws a big left hand every single moment that he can that he can at any given point in time at all points of the fight and just spams it repeatedly constantly up until he gets Joe Joyce into a TKO stoppage because he swells up his eye. That's what happened. That is absolutely what happened. It was just a constant situation of Zhang to Southpaw. Joyce ain't fought against the Southpaw yet. Joyce never moved his head. Joyce doesn't have any lateral movement whatsoever. His defense has been shoddy and subpar at best because it's always just been hold up and guard or just tank shot because, again, I'm a juggernaut. I can just walk through whatever I want to. And just eat whatever he needs to eat from the opponent. And then, boom, land the big jab or the big straight right and just go for broke. As time goes on, as the fight goes on, up your output, up your aggression until you reach full open valve, full outright offensive capabilities if you're Joe Joyce. And then... Again, just sustaining that level of output all 12 rounds. He does have he does have a gas tank. Joe Joyce does have a gas tank for all of the lack of speed that he's got to him and lack of good defensive ability that he's got to him. His game plan is very simple. Either block everything, eat shots, and then just overwhelm you with volume because I'm the juggernaut. And once I get moving, I can't be stopped. That's been Joe Joyce's M.O. And because of that, it, I mean, it's one of a bunch of stuff, but now he's going up against somebody who can bang with Joyce and has speed to be able that you can't compete with as well as legitimate power that can affect the seemingly unaffectable. Now you're in trouble. And what happened? You're lost. And the same thing is going to happen in this fight. I don't see Joe Joyce having the ability to be able to overcome Big Bang Jang because I don't see him being able to add anything else to his game plan. He is 37 years old, and at this point in his career, he got so much success from being as one-dimensional as he is that at this point in time, he won't be able to ingrain that out of him. He won't be able to ingrain that out of him. The biggest thing that's going to lose Zhang this fight is stamina because when Zhang got tired in the, their fight with Joyce, then Joyce actively has some success, especially when Joyce started picking up the pace. Absolutely. But with that being the case, even after Joyce picked up the pace, Zhang still was able to land the big left on a consistent basis. Rock him, nearly knock him down a couple times, stun him, hurt him, make him back up, which I've never seen Joe Joyce do, and then end the fight. So because of that being the status quo for Zhang again, who had just gotten better in terms of his stamina, because let's face it, before that fight, in the fight that he got robbed of, it was a situation where stamina was one of the biggest reasons why he was in trouble in that fight. And then in this fight against Joe Joyce, the first time they fought, stamina started affecting him again. It was better than, than his previous fight, but it still had an effect on Jang, and yet he still won. Now, if Jang is committed to getting his stamina up and up even more, and he's actively got, turned that into an even less of a glaring weakness. That's all he needs. It's, it can still be a problem, but it's not as big of a problem as it has been in his career. And just consistently still land the big straight left because he's still got the power, still got the hand speed, still got all that stuff. One of the more, one of the more quicker hands, uh, uh, excuse me, one of the faster punch throwers in the division. With his hand speed, it is, one, it is elite by the division standard of heavyweights. It is deceptively fast. That is absolutely true. Again, Andy Ruiz probably has the quickest hand speed in the entire division outright. But Zhang is up there. 
couple that with the, the with the again legitimate power that has shown to crack the uncrackable nature of Joe Joyce and stop the juggernaut in his tracks. I don't think Joe Joyce is going to have any answer. I don't think he I don't, he won't be able to adapt in time. He won't be able to make changes that actively stay true to his person as the fight goes on. Because if he gets in trouble again, what's going to happen? Old habits are going to rile back up. Now, again, if Joyce is able to actively overwhelm Zhang and just from the jump get at him, smother him, and use his outright aggression from the jump rather than waiting, and it be effective, okay, we could see a different story. But I don't think it's going to happen. I really don't think it's going to happen. Mainly, not just because of everything else I just said, but the defense of Zhang on Joe Joyce was incredible. It was legitimately incredible. Catching punches left, right, and center, moving his head, slipping just enough to get out the way, and then landing the big left consistently. It was it was it was great. It was great. Nullified all of Joe Joyce's offense. So again, Zhang has Joyce figured out. And Joyce is just trying to get with the concept of fighting a southpaw, let alone a skilled southpaw like Zhang. So because of that, I don't see any way, shape, or form that we can see Joyce winning this fight. So I got Big Bang Zhang by KO once again. Probably, probably earlier than, 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 than the... Probably earlier than what we saw in the last fight between them two. Potentially. If we could, we, if we could very well see an earlier stoppage if we see... A joke Joyce that has not adapted. Sixth round. Or let's say he has adapted. Ninth round stoppage. Or, or tenth. That's what I can see happening. Because even, again, if he doesn't adapt, which most likely is going to happen. Same outcome. If he does adapt, it's still not going to be enough. It's not going to be enough. Because as much as you are able to have output... Zhang, outside of stamina, has you figured out in every way, shape, or form. Every way, shape, or form. So unless stamina all of a sudden bottoms out for Zhang again, and he gets even worse than his improvements that he showed in the Joyce fight. Yeah. Then, okay, yeah, I'll give you Joyce. But outside of that, no. Zhang's winning this by KO. In either the sixth or ninth round. Actually, maybe, no, yeah, yeah, sixth or ninth. That's what I got. If not just by unanimous decision. Because I don't see any way, shape, or form that Joyce has a shot at winning this fight with how utterly complete Zhang was able to actively beat him. That's what I got to see. But I can't wait to see it this weekend. But with that being said, this has been another episode of the Welch Report. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening. Again, leave a like on the video. Comment your thoughts and opinions. Subscribe to the channel and share the show with everybody that you know so we can build up this empire together. Absolutely. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this show. We're also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you name it. We're there. If not, we'll get there. Y'all have been phenomenal. Hey, tell me if I'm right. Tell me if I'm wrong. Spread the word about the show. Let's build up this whole community together. Peace and love. We are out of here.